for me, getting ready to <laughs> preach is like playing a football game. <laughs> I go through all the same stuff on the inside that I used to go through back in the day. So that's a really good thing. It means that I'm not going to be overconfident and filled up of myself because you can fall on your face pretty easy. How are we doing today? Everybody's good? Awesome. Good. When I spoke on the, uh, the prodigal son about three weeks ago, just a show of hands, how many people were here for that? Okay, good. Good. We're going to be in uh, the book of Luke today, chapter 15. There's uh, three parables that are in that book. <clears throat> Parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and of course the lost son, or as we know it to be the prodigal son. Jesus uses an animal, a coin, and a human being to illustrate a deeper understanding of his value for the lost. Yes, the Bible says there's great joy in heaven when one sinner returns to the Lord. If you don't remember a lot of the prodigal son message, you can always go back to the website and listen to it, because this message will tie into that. We're going to be speaking about the older brother, which seems only right. And that is the title of the message for today, The Older Brother. Before we can really get a glimpse into the older brother, we want to do a quick review of the prodigal son. There's same story, one on this end, one on that end. So let's, let's have a quick review. In a cultural context, the request for the younger son to have his father's inheritance was extraordinary, as I mentioned, and unprecedented. The older son has the first right of the family inheritance. But here you have the younger son asking for his share of the inheritance. In that culture, that was a no-no. What made the request of the younger son even more outrageous? Do you remember any of the reasons? What was one of the, the reasons that made the request so outrageous? Anybody remember? The fact... The father was still alive. There you go. 
The father was still alive, which is what made that request so outrageous. Anything else? The level of pride in the younger son. The shame that his request would have brought upon the father and his family. The younger son had blown all of his inheritance. Do you remember what he blew it on? Loose living, prostitutes. I heard Jonathan first. Sorry, Ziggy. (laughs) You're going to get another chance. The Bible says riotous living. So he was reduced to feeding pigs and eating what the pigs ate. As a Jew, talking about the young man, to be around pigs made them unclean. Even more so, to feed them. But not only to feed them, but now he was eating what the pigs ate. He came to his senses and he decided, you know what, I can go home. I don't have to be the son of my father. I can be hired back as one of the servants. Upon seeing his son walking down the road, the father runs out to meet him. Do you remember why the father ran out to meet him? Protect him. From what? Because they would attack him because of shaming. Okay. Very good. The, the father went, ran out to meet him to protect him from something called a keziah. It's a, it's a thing in the, the culture um, that when a young man comes back home, if he's lost his family inheritance, if he's brought shame upon his family, they would take a bowl and they would break it at his feet and then they would call him down. So the father ran out to meet him. I had Jonathan with me last time and brought him back so that the the image that was shown to the village was that everything was okay between the father and the son, and they were good to go, and he protected his son from the brutality of a Keziah. Okay? So there we are. That's a brief review of the prodigal son. As we know, he repented and returned back, and the fatted calf was killed, And we're going to pick it up from there. So Luke, chapter 15, I'm going to read from verse 25. Now, his older son was in the field, and as he drew near to the house, I'm reading from the ESV, He heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. 
And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. That means he talked to him and kind of almost begged him to come on in. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I've served you. I never disobeyed your command. You never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. The prodigal son's older brother is placed right in front of us by the Lord so that we have no option but to look at the other side of the story. He didn't want to join his father's celebration. It's not too hard to imagine that it was quite likely he was filled up with resentment from the years that his younger brother was absent from the family. He probably had to shoulder more of the workload because of the absence of his uh, brother around the farm. And if you know anything about the farm, there's always work on the farm. What may have caused even more resentment was the damage that was being done to the family name which would have caused both he and his father a great deal of pain and anguish because of the younger brother's reckless living as they wondered would they ever see him again. Probably the greatest source of his resentment, though, is shown in verse 29, when he responds to the father's pleading. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to change the tone of my voice, though. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you. I never disobeyed your command. You never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my, with my uh, friends. you pick up that? Five times he referred to himself. He said, I have served you. I never disobeyed. You never gave me that I might celebrate with my friends. A little bit of frustration there. When you consider the circumstances, I think it's pretty easy to understand why he feels the way he does. He's probably feeling betrayed. He's probably feeling disrespected, unappreciated, and possibly even unloved. A hard day's work has come to an end and made harder by the absence of his little brother over all those years. Pretty safe to say that uh, he was not in a forgiving mood, much less ready to celebrate. And certainly he wasn't ready to accept his brother's return to the family. Somewhere inside of him, he probably a long time ago said, I'm done with him. 
he's left, I'm done. Out of my mind. You ever been there? Totally ignorant of all of the facts of his younger brother's difficulties leading to his repentance and return home. The older brother reacted in typical fleshly or carnal emotion. Rather than trusting his father, his emotional outburst, fueled by the exact same pride that nearly destroyed his younger brother, led him also to sin against his father. His anger and his self-pity caused him to lose sight of what was really, really important. In addition to his behavior, he also failed to recognize the absolute futility of trying to change or control what others do. (laughs) Been there, done that. Because of that, he also failed to control what he did have power to control, which was his attitude and his response. This lesson is so much like what took place in Genesis. Chapter 4. Let me read for you. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. That might seem harsh, but it's not. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, Will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to, his, to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, Abel, and killed him. Sin crouching at the door. It's sneaky. And it's contrary. And we have to master it, or it will master us. 
Proverbs 18.21 Without murdering someone, unchecked resentment can also inspire harsh words that have deathly power. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And whoever loves it will eat the fruit thereof. The elder brother's attitude is comparable to that of the Pharisees and the scribes. And Jesus was aiming this parable right at them. Verse 1. Chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Just like the Jewish religious leaders, the elder brother was living and judging by the letter of the law and not by the Spirit. In other words, the, law, the letter of the law requires a physical action, whereas the Spirit of the law requires more than just an outward action. It involves an attitude of the mind. Here's another example, because this is really important. The law says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus says, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already with her in his heart. The letter of the law says, Don't do it. It's a physical action. The spirit of the law requires mental obedience. The elder brother, by appearance, was a righteous man, but inside, where a person's character forms, he was filled with hypocrisy and sin. Am I making sense? So what about the father in this story? You ever think about the father in this story? I hadn't until I started studying. What about the Father? What can we learn from Him? Luke 15, 31, 32. And He said to him, Son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and now he's found. To me, the person who was wronged in this story was the loving father. He didn't react to his older son's outburst of bitter hatred 
envy, self-centeredness. Instead, he handled the situation with love, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And we read about that where? Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these such things there is no law. In other words, there's no limit to how much you can or you should love. Love as much as you possibly can. Be as kind as you possibly can be kind. Be as faithful as you can possibly be faithful. No limit. No law. Every single one of us longs to be appreciated. We all want our fatted calf. We do. Particularly if we strive to sacrifice and work hard in service for others. But it's really important that we don't lose sight of the fact and the purpose of our faithful service. It's not for the pat on the back or the approval of others. It's for the Lord. If it's not for the Lord then, then we're no different than the Pharisees who did all of their work before men. And what did Jesus say? They have their reward. That means that that's as good as it's going to get. There's nothing else coming your way. It's as good as it's going to get. I want, and I'm sure you do, want to hear have the Lord's pat on your back, where he in Matthew 25, 21 says, you've been faithful in little things. Come in and, and join, me, join me in the Master's house Well done, good and faithful servant. That's the pat on the back that I want. So, let me summarize all that I've been uh, saying today as we get ready to close. But I have a question I want you to ponder on over the next little while. Which son are you? Are you the prodigal son? Are you the older brother? Are you both? I know I've been both at the same time. (laughs) Or perhaps you're very blessed and you are neither of those people. Praise God, I'm coming to touch you. Two important stories we focused on today. The elder son, you have to go to the website to read about the younger son. Listen to the message, pull them together. But number one, 
God is our only judge. Number two, our sins have consequences. Even when you feel that they don't. Even when you feel that nobody is affected by it, you are affected by it, I am affected by it. And one of the ways I'm affected by it is that it draws me away from the Lord. Just just even little sins. (laughs) They draw me away from the Lord. I feel it. I feel the disconnect. The Lord hasn't gone anywhere. I have. We should always be ready, number three, and willing to forgive any grievance as God does unconditionally and to seek reconciliation. To seek reconciliation. I, I know you're thinking, oh, you don't know my situation, but you know what? Seek reconciliation. Doesn't mean that you have to go and uh, pick up the phone and call them today and make it right, but seek it in your heart. Let the Lord know your heart is open to reconciling any bad relationships that you have with people. We shouldn't have bad relationships as Christians. I, I, I don't believe we should have that. I'm not saying that we have to have perfect relationships, but I'm just saying that we should strive to live at peace with all men, if possible, the Scripture says. Our walk should be defined by the Spirit, not just the letter of the law or legalism. So both sons' sinful attitudes and actions brought dishonor to their father. But their father's willingness to forgive them both brought hope to all. Our Heavenly Father has provided the same mercy for each and every one of us. Because there's always hope for reconciliation with God. We need to constantly keep our hearts open to Him and pray for the lost, that they will find the same hope and forgiveness that we have found in God and to never give up on God because He never gives up on saving the lost. Amen? Amen. All right, let's stand and I will pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for Your Word, Lord. Thank You for the intimacy of your word, how you speak words to each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, thank you that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. We need that, Lord. We need your word to slice open the hard places in our heart so that you can make it soft, Lord. Lord, we are prodigals, or we are the older brother. Or we're both. 
But wherever we have been, you have met us in those places and you have, you have saved us from the Keziah of the world, Lord, and the shame of the world and the shame of our sin. And you have given us forgiveness of sins through your Son, Jesus. Lord, as the Father protected His Son from the the villagers that wanted to to be harsh with them, Lord, so you have protected us, Lord, from our enemy. And you continue to protect us from our enemy, Lord. So we thank you for your protection, Lord, uh, in our lives. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for the things that you allow in our lives that open us up, Lord, to see you in the light that you truly are, Lord to draw us closer to You. To shape us, Lord, for the purposes that You have, for all the things that You bring into our lives, to use us for the glory and honor of Your name. Lord, let us not be concerned about the fatted calf that we want, Lord. You have a crown of righteousness, a crown of life, Uh, All sorts of things waiting for us, Lord, when that time comes, Lord. Let us be busy and focused on doing the things that you want us to do for as long as you want them to do, do them for the glory and honor of your name. Bless my brothers and sisters today, Lord, each and every one of them, Lord. Bless them. Keep them in your hands. Strengthen them, Lord, uh, for the week that is ahead, Lord. Give them the strength they need to deal with every situation that's going to come their way, Lord. Every difficulty that's going to come. Just prepare them, Lord, even now for that, Lord, I pray. And let praise and worship, Lord, uh, be be, uh, frequent from their mouths this week to you, Lord. Let the, uh, the words of your Bible, Lord. Jump out at them when they read it, Lord. And teach them things from it, Lord. So I just thank you. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I I love them, Lord. You gave them to me. Thankful for that, Lord. Bless them. Bless us as we have coffee and tea and, and cookies and whatever else is there. All for the glory and the honor of your name. We declare that you are faithful, you are true, you are righteous, you are holy, you are forgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.